It may sound woo, but when you have these aha moments, when you're in the shower or you're doing something and you're relaxed and you have these wee aha moments, these ideas, these are the things that it's good to listen to because there's magic in these things. And these are the things that you're actually meant to be doing. The universe is calling you to do. And welcome to the Audience Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Hutchison, and I'm delighted you're here. On today's episode, I'm chatting to my client, and I hope I can now say friend, Sheena Mason-White. Now, Sheena is a coach and mentor who specializes in human design. And if you know me, you'll know I am massively anti-woo. And yet, Sheena's approach to human design is very practical, and from what I can see, very accurate. So since we began working together, I've been intrigued to find out more. What also interests me about Sheena, and I know this is going to interest you as well, is the ease with which she manages to generate new clients. Sheena regularly talks about supporting her clients to live with ease and joy. And it's something I've seen her demonstrate in her daily life too. Before we dive into things with Sheena though, let me tell you that we have just opened the doors to the memberships. If you are fed up with struggling with marketing, this is the answer. Covering everything from content to the specific tools and methods you need to be using to grow your business, such as email marketing. That's what we're covering next month in the Marketing Insiders Club. So no matter whether you have a list, have never had a list, or have been growing your list for years, it's time to step things up a gear. And inside the memberships is the place to do it. So pause the podcast for a moment. And check them out at nikkihutchison.com forward slash memberships. Now, on with today's episode, and it's time to welcome Sheena Mason-White to the podcast. Sheena, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. And I've given you a short intro there, but you have vast experience in business. So I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little more about yourself and your background, please. So I started my first business when I was in my very early 20s. And believe it or not, I actually started Britain's first ever ladies only golfing holidays company. It was the most amazing experience actually doing it. I knew nothing, but I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I had grown up in a family where my dad had been a dentist, but he'd been a very entrepreneurial dentist. So we were always talking about business when I was younger. So when I started the golfing holidays, I look back now and there was no internet. I don't know how I did it, but I managed to find people in America that I could work with. And I would go on a plane. I eventually ended up with an office in Park Avenue (laughs) and in New York. And um, yeah, it was an amazing experience, but I genuinely knew nothing about business. And my dad was really worried about the fact that I was playing so much golf all the time that he basically said to me, I really think if somebody wants to buy this business, you should sell it so that you can go and learn something about business because I can see that this isn't going to have a good ending. (laughs) It was great. You know, I was playing lots of golf myself, which I wanted to do. And I was partying. I had for about four years of doing that. It was the most amazing time of my life, but I knew exactly what he was saying to me. Mm -hmm. So After the golfing holidays thing, I very fortunately fell into working in the learning and development industry. And I got into working for a company called Leadership Development, who were based in Fulham. And at that point in time, they were one of three actually learning and development companies in the UK. 
And when you think of all the learning and development people now, you know, it's, it's a completely yeah. different world. But I was lucky because I got a really good training in sales. And then from that, I became a sales trainer. And that really got me into the learning and development thing. And eventually, I always kind of knew where I wanted to go. And I, I wanted to be an executive coach. But there was quite an interesting limiting belief that I had back then, which was that I needed to be old enough to be an executive coach so that I had some street cred. So I didn't really do the executive coaching until I got into my early 40s. Right. And then I had a good run at that. And I thought because I was working in the corporate world and doing a lot of the work that I'm doing now, I found that the corporate world really annoyed me because I found that people, you know, I'd be coaching people. And, and these were people who were in the boardroom, you know, of, of big blue chip organizations. They were earning like 250, 300,000, sometimes more. And they'd be telling me, you know, when they were speaking to me one-to-one, I really struggle with this job. You know, I really struggle with the company because, you know, they're asking me to do things that I personally don't believe in. And then we'd be having this conversation about, so what is it that makes you stay? What makes me stay is because I have a lovely life outside of work. I have children who I can privately educate and I can go on holiday and I can do this and I can do that. And I've got no guarantee that I would get another job which was any different. And if I set up by myself, it would take me a long time to get to make that money. And that was one of the reasons why eventually I left the corporate world because I wanted people to be authentic. And yet they couldn't be authentic because they were having to align themselves to an organization so that they could make money. So the work that I do now is about actually aligning yourself to yourself. And it makes a massive difference. And... On top of this amazingly diverse and successful background that you've had, you've also set up some businesses before this one, haven't you? As well as your golfing holiday one. I had the golfing holiday one. I also had a sort of market research, customer service, sales training, customer service training company in the 90s. And then I had a very successful executive coaching business, which did team building in London. And then I actually started working as a chocolatier and I trained to be a chocolatier thinking that that was what I wanted to do. And here's the thing, you know, I basically went out, started to sell the chocolates and I kept on meeting these women, you know, who were saying to me, so what did you do before? Oh yeah, well, I did this (laughs) kind of coaching. Oh, would you coach me? And that's really how I ended up getting back into the coaching. Amazing. And I know that you will have heard this, one thing that almost every service-based business owner today seems to want more of is clients. But you, Sheena, seem to be attracting as many clients as you want with enormous amounts of ease. Is that the case? And why do you think that is? I just think that a lot of the stuff that I talk about is stuff that people actually, when they hear me speaking, they go, yeah, I've thought about that before, but I don't know how to, in a sense, fix it. Or they've got a little problem and they hear me talking and they think, yeah, I really identify with her. Lots of people, the feedback that I get is, you know, your energy is amazing and your commitment to what you're doing is amazing. I mean, I'm making people ask difficult questions of themselves. And the thing is that I think that people living in the life that we live in now, we don't ask difficult questions of ourselves. Mm -hmm. I'm making people actually ask these questions and actually face up to what's going on in their life and what they're doing to themselves Mm -hmm. and how they're holding themselves back. 
And I think that when people hear me talking about how I know that I've held myself back for various reasons, people can really identify with that. They think, I want to speak to her, I want to do something about it. And what about if somebody is listening to this and thinking, oh, well, you know, I can see why Sheena's attracting clients. She's got a great network. She's got years of experience. I don't have that, they might be thinking. What would you say to somebody thinking along those lines and what might you recommend that they do if they don't have the same experience and resources that you have? Well, actually, I think the best thing that anybody can do is actually understand themselves and what they actually want in life. I think that most of us are sort of going through life with a big bit of cotton wool in front of our eyes. And we're just kind of saying, well, this is my lot and I've got a mortgage and I've got this and I've got that and I'm just going to have to accept it. I don't think that anybody should be accepting anything. I think that basically we need to be asking ourselves the right questions so that we can actually work out what that dream is that we're actually wanting. The thing that I find fascinating is that with all of the clients I work with, people will say to me, I knew that. So we're going through a process. I use something called thoughtful inquiry, which is about digging deep and actually understanding what people want, what they desire in life. All of the people that I work with, what they'll say to me is, do you know, I knew that, but I've ignored it because it was either too difficult or it involves somebody else or it was going to cost money or there was always something that was in the way. And for me, the question that I always say is, so why are you doing that to yourself? You know that you want X and yet you're basically ignoring X because you're thinking you might have to actually do something that maybe somebody else doesn't like, you don't like or whatever. But at the end of the day, you should be going after what you want in life, not what society is telling us we should be doing. And you know, it's really interesting when I hear you talk about this idea of people feeling as if they know what they want, and then you help them actually uncover that. I feel this kind of feeling of relief. Clients must feel a huge sense of relief when you help them have this realisation. Is that normally what happens? Yes, this is a bit of a funny one. But the other day I was actually talking to somebody who I've only started coaching. And we were sort of doing a bit of digging deep and she was telling me about all these lists that she was writing up of all the things that she had to do. And she said, they're making me heavy and I can't be bothered. And I don't know why I can't be bothered. And I said, okay, let's start at the top and go down them. And I said, do you want to do that? She said, of course I don't. And I said, well, why is it on the list? And, (laughs) And we then worked down this list. And it's a simple thing that we should all be able to do. But somehow we think, oh, I've got a list here and it's a to-do list and Mm. I've got to be able to take the things off. So now what we've done is we've reconstructed the list with Mm -hmm. the things that she actually wants to do. And we've taken the things away that she doesn't want to do. And now we're trying to find ways that she can actually get them done by somebody else. And it's a bit like, because I don't want to be doing all that faffing around in Canva or Adobe Express or whatever. And I ask you to do that stuff because that's just not my bag. But you've got to acknowledge who you are. I want to be in a situation, I think that everybody who's running their own business should be thinking, right, I'm running this business because this is what I'm good at. And I want to be in the best condition possible in order to deliver that to my clients. So I'm going to take away the things that 
make me feel heavy and don't make me feel happy. And do you help people identify what it is that they're good at? Because sometimes people don't know themselves, do they? Well, interestingly enough, here's what I've also found out is that once you do the digging, you'll actually find that most people do know what they're good at. However, what's happened is in the first seven years of their life, they've been so conditioned hearing people saying things to it, whether it be their mother, father, siblings, teachers, whoever, people who've had an influence on them. And they'll actually tell you, well, you know, like somebody that I haven't been coaching, but I've actually been working with has a phenomenal love of singing. And somebody told her, you know, when she was younger, she can't sing. And I actually said to her, you know, maybe you need to explore that because that's actually what she wants to do. And in fact, tonight she's away singing carols in some carol singing group as a result of actually coming in my Step Into Your Power course. She said to me, you know, that's the one thing that I took away from it, you know, that I don't know why I've got this thing that somebody told me my voice wasn't good enough. But she said, my passion, I want to sing. Amazing. So let's rewind to when you first started this business. What did you prioritise when you first set up? Because you have just hit the ground running. (laughs) But I mean, interestingly enough, the stuff that I, you know, I made a promise to myself, I was going to have a decent website. I was going to think very carefully about my brand. And I knew that it was really important to do the photography and have the brand photography. And obviously I met Jerry Campbell and You know, Jerry Campbell has been a phenomenal find for me. The pictures that she's taken have been amazing. And obviously, it's worked very well with the work that you're doing. And then because I knew a lot about human design and I wanted to, you know, use human design as one of the things that I was offering, I spent a lot of time going back and restudying human design. I've spent a lot of time over the last few months actually honing my skills. And actually, for the first time, find myself a human design coach. My coach is actually an expert in human design. Now, let's talk about human design, because you know that I am not into woo. So I never thought I would hear myself say that sentence on this podcast. But Sheena, you've got me intrigued. So please, can you share what human design is and why you're such a fan? Okay, so here's the thing. The first thing that I would say about human design is it's an awareness tool. And I mean, I'm talking about the experience that I've had and also all my clients have had. There is something about when you really understand your human design and you see the chart that's delivered to you and you have somebody explaining it to you, you suddenly go, right, now I understand. And that's been a common theme with everybody. Even people who are, oh yeah, you know, it's woo-woo. They're amazed at the accuracy of it. And I am too, because... 10 years ago, I would never have looked at this because you're asking somebody for their date of birth, their time of birth, the location of their birth. Immediately you're thinking, oh, this is astrology. And there is an element of astrology involved in it. But there also is some very deep quantum physics in it, which helps you understand about energy and how you're actually using your energy as a person. So I think that from a human design point of view, you just don't realize how that magnetism thing that you've heard me talking about many times is actually all to do with how you're using your energy and, you know, how you're pulling people towards you as opposed to pushing them away from you. And depending on, from a marketing point of view, how you're marketing and how you're speaking to people, you can either push them away or you can pull them towards you. And once you get a deep understanding of your human design, 
you can really make a difference. But here's the thing, you know, I think that to get everybody started, you need to know your type. You need to understand the strategy that goes with your type and then also how you're making decisions. And this is the problem with 50% of the people in this world are only making decisions based on what's going on in their head. Whereas you have an inner knowing in you and, you know, it may sound woo, but when you have these aha moments, when you're in the shower or you're doing something and you're relaxed and you have these wee aha moments, these ideas, these are the things that it's good to listen to because there's magic in these things. And these are the things that you're actually meant to be doing. The universe is calling you to do. It's not about being strategic in your head. Your head's good for certain things, but it's not for making big decisions. And would you say that that is the kind of thing that we're experiencing when we are going with our gut? Yeah, it's your gut feel. And it can come in many different ways. I mean, I, for example, I don't have that gut feel in the same way that you have gut feel because you and I are different types. You're a manifesting generator. I'm a manifester. I have a lot of emotional stuff that's going on. And for me, the one thing that I've learned is I've got to slow myself down so that I can actually get the clarity before I make decisions. So I'm not going to want to go in there and make a decision immediately. And I know it's annoying to a lot of people, but I have to say, oh, give me 24 hours or whatever, because I've got to wait for the emotion to calm down. Because if not, that will be the wrong decision. You, as a manifesting generator, have a part of you which gives you what's called a yes or no response. And what happens is that a lot of people end up saying yes when they really mean no. (laughs) And they end up not living in their design. Yeah? Yeah, I'm laughing because I was speaking to a friend just the other day who calls this month November. And she says no to everything in preparation for a manic December. (laughs) That sounded like bliss to me (laughs) because I definitely say yes a lot. How many people are actually saying yes to things when they really mean no? So many of us. So many of us. And then we end up in this people-pleasing thing where we're trying to keep people happy. When actually what I'm learning is that it's better just to say it as it is because Mm -hmm. you deal with what needs to be dealt with at the time and then we can all move on. Whereas when you're people-pleasing, once you've started it, you've got to keep doing it until eventually it just gets too much. You're just prolonging things. Yeah, prolonging things, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I see a lot of that. The clients that I've got just now are are quite an amazing mix, but I've got one person who is completely not living in their design and is exhausting herself beyond all belief. And some types, if you're a manifester or a projector, you've got to give yourself space and time to actually keep your mind and body connection. If you don't do that, you're just constantly in your head and you're running all over the place and eventually you just burn out. So that's an issue. Then manifestors, manifesting generators and generators, they tend to have a lot of energy, but a lot of the energy can be misplaced and (laughs) you're laughing. (laughs) Go for it, go for it. I'm I'm here for it. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they take on too much because they, they think that, you know, they're invincible. Yep. (laughs) But sadly, 
They're not. So what happens then? There's an issue there with actually learning about your energy and how to use your energy. And that's a big thing for manifesting generators and generators. Because what I know is that certainly with generators, generators have to enjoy what they're doing. If generators don't enjoy what they're doing, they get bored really easily and they don't want to continue going. Manifesting generators tend to have lots of things going on at the one time, but they can overcommit. Yeah. And that's a big thing with being a manifesting generator. And I know that you know that. (laughs) (laughs) I feel seen, Sheena. I feel seen. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) So clearly... You believe that it's really important for business owners to understand their human design. Well, yes, because I think that with business owners, if you can understand how you were meant to make decisions, your decision making will become much more refined and appropriate for your design and the benefits of it are great. And let's talk about your success. So you have learned about human design and you've identified your type. And would you say that you use that or does that influence your business every day? Every day. It influences everything in my business, even in my relationship. I'm married to a generator who is completely different from me. And John, my husband, he now understands that I need rest I mean, he could sit down at a machine and keep typing all day and work all day, whereas I can't do that. I have to do a little bit and then I walk away and I have a little change of scenery, gather my thoughts, get myself connected again, and then I come back and I can do more. We're just different. And when you first meet people and start talking about human design, do some of them find it hard to understand or believe? I think people are intrigued. I think when they start to believe is when they actually see their design and they start to understand the different parts of them. Because in your human design, there are bits of you that are consistent. There are bits of you where you can be very heavily influenced by other people. And, you know, as you break that down and you understand which bits you have that are consistent and which bits are being influenced by other people, then you realize what you need to work on. And most people will say, oh, yeah, I know that I need to work on that. And the other thing is, you know, that often the reason why we've got these things that we need to work on is actually so that we can teach them to other people. So give me an example of that, please. Well, I'm thinking for myself here, you know, I have a thing about not knowing enough. And loads of people have a thing about not knowing enough. But a lot of the work that I'm doing with people is actually helping them understand like I do that they do actually know enough and whatever their business is that they're trying to grow and develop doesn't need to be at the level that they've got at it can be at a much higher level and that's why I call myself the next level mentor I can get people up the next level it's about believing in yourself but that comes from my human design I've got a blank in my human design where I think that I'm not good enough and I can see it in the human design. And when I saw the human design for the first time and I saw that, I thought, oh, my goodness me. But then I also started to understand all my gifts because the human design will tell you what your gifts are. And then you say, okay, well, rather than focusing on the bit (laughs) that's missing in a sense, let's focus on the strengths that I've actually got. But I'm actually using that bit that I'm missing to help other people because loads of other people have the same bit missing or in a similar way. 
So let's talk about specific results that you attribute to living in your own human design. What do you think you have achieved since starting this business that you credit to living in your design? Okay, so the first thing I would say is I'm a manifester. I'm meant to be out there. I'm meant to be talking about different things that are different, which I'm most definitely doing with human design. Meant to be a trailblazer. I'm also meant to be disruptive. And uh, I am disruptive because I'm asking people to think in a different way about how they're actually living and behaving. And I think that because people see me doing that and they understand that that's who I am and they can feel my energy that, you know, I'm confident, I come across as if I know what I'm talking about, I'm convincing and I have a presence and I've also got magnetism. I think people see that and they go, oh, yeah, I would like some of that too. And so I've ended up taking on more clients than I ever thought that I would ever have at this point in time. And let's talk about those clients. Have you got anybody who you're working with who has now managed to begin living in their human design? So I have my one person that I've been working with is an American lady who started a coaching business. She had already been a therapist and then burnt out while she was doing that. Then she set herself up as a life coach and burnt out doing that. And uh, then she found human design and she started talking to me about human design. She's a projector. And the big thing for her was that she'd grown up in a family. She'd gone to a good university. She'd had an amazing education got amazing jobs, done very well for herself. You started work at eight o'clock in the morning. You didn't finish work until eight o'clock at night. And she could not get that out of her head. And, you know, she and I had an interesting conversation about the statistics say that projectors are probably only meant to be working for four hours a day. How did she take that? (laughs) Well, she didn't, you know. And actually what she did was she said, I'm going to stop the coaching because I know that unless I live in my design, it's a bit pointless. And then she wakened up one morning and thought, I'm going to give this a go, which she has done. And in the two months that she's been doing that, she's made more money in the two months than she has probably in the last, I would say, 15 months in total. Wow. And yeah, she doesn't wake up early in the morning. She gets up at nine o'clock. She wakes up naturally. She, you know, goes through a little morning routine that she does and she starts work about 11 o'clock and she works 12, one, two, three, and by three o'clock she's finished. Wow. (laughs) That is not my human design. (laughs) No, it's definitely not your human design, but yeah, but she needs to do that. And then she meets her clients and because she's rested and she's looked after herself, the self-care bit is really, really important. She knows that when she's talking to her clients, she can give 100%. And she's really embodying her design. And I think that's the thing that we're not doing. So what would you say to somebody who is perhaps not achieving the results that they want to in their business or the results that you and your clients are achieving? What would be the first step for them to start improving things? Well, actually, I think the first thing that you need to do is to actually get honest with yourself. And you've got to listen to the dream because everybody has a dream. 
when you actually understand yourself and you're honest with yourself and you listen to the dream, then I think human design can actually help you make that happen. But I think the first part is actually being able to say, this is who I want to be. And for me, would make me the happiest person in the whole wide world. That really does sound like a dream. (laughs) What a great place to finish. Sheena, thank you so much for joining me for today's episode and for giving our listeners an insight into how you're growing your new business so successfully in such a short space of time. I know that people are going to want to follow along with your journey and connect with you online. So where's the best place to do that? So I have a website. It's sheenamasonwhite.com. You'll also find me on Instagram and LinkedIn. And it's also Sheena Mason White. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And I'll speak to you soon. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Sheena. I'll be back next week, this time with a solo episode, and I'd love to see you back here then. But remember, if you didn't do this at the start of the podcast, stop what you're doing now and check out the memberships. There's a brilliant community of super supportive women with all sorts of businesses in there. So what are you waiting for? Come and join us and inject some life into your marketing before the end of the year. You'll find the details at nikkihutchison.com forward slash memberships. And join before Monday to get an exclusive invite to my Christmas online mixer too. Have a great week and I'll see you next Friday for the podcast again. Until then, take care and keep marketing. Keep marketing.